This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and this is the Player Rating Show. This episode, I will once again have a very special guest, and that is Ryan O'Donovan, who writes about Fulham for Football London. We will be discussing his ratings for the Fulham season so far. This should be very interesting, and I look forward to speaking to Ryan. But before I do anything, I have to welcome him back to the show. Mr. O'Donovan, how you doing? Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, thanks for having me, Russ. I'm all right. How's everything with you? Everything's great. Just getting back in the swing from the international break, getting back into form. We didn't do a player rating show last week, partially for time and reasons. But also, I was hoping to get you back on to do a rating show of the players so far. So this should be interesting. I also want to mention once I go through uh, Ryan's ratings when we talk about it, I'm going to ask Ryan to put each player in one of these three categories. And this is going to be very interesting. Each player, are they a Premier League starter, Premier League squad player, or championship player? So this will all be your opinion, my friend. This should be very interesting, and we'll talk about it. And we're going to end with your rating for Silvisa because you gave a rating for him as well. That's how we'll end the show. But let's not waste any more time. Let's get right into this. Let's talk about the goalkeepers. And, again, you can check out Ryan's article of his ratings of the players so far, including Silvisa, the head coach on football.london. Let's start with Marcus Bettinelli, Fabri, and Sergio Rico. Fabri and Bettinelli, you give a six, and Rico, you give a five. So let's talk about the goalkeepers and also put them in one of those three categories I mentioned. Yeah, I thought all the criticism of Fabri was a bit harsh at the start of the season. You know, he came in, new club, was forced into a new back five, and I thought for the most part he did reasonably well. I don't think he would have been expected to come in and, and start the season like he did, you know, as, as first choice with Bettinelli's injury over pre-season. So I think, you know, all in all, he did well. He showed signs of improving from the, the first game against Palace to the game against Spurs. You know, I thought 
he, he made the most saves in the Premier League out of those two, those two games. And I thought the quality was there. It just needed a bit more time to develop. And Marcus Bettinelli, you know, he, he's come back and he's done well. But again, he's, he's, he's done well for what, what Fulham have done. You know, they've conceded the most goals in the Premier League. And a lot of the time, I don't think you can really put that down to what Marcus Bettinelli has done in goal. But again, when you, when you concede that many times, you, you can't give a, a real high rating because you know it, it just doesn't warrant it. So I think I put them on a par for their performances okay. myself. And then Sergio Rico coming in, we've only seen him in the Carabao Cup. You know, he's, he's impressed me in them, but again, it's only been against Exeter and Millwall. So I thought I'd give him an, an, an average rating for that. I think we're going to see more of him as the season goes on, but for, for the moment, we haven't seen enough of him. Okay, very good. And what category would you put these goalkeepers in? Like you mentioned, Rico, you've seen only in the Carabao Cup. So I'm curious your observation so far, eight matches in, obviously in the Premier League, and we're talking about the Carabao Cup with Rico. So where do you think these players, which category are they in? I think they're all Premier League quality goalkeepers. I, I do think Bettinelli is good enough for the Premier League. Okay. Whether or not he fits into Slavica's style is, is another question, but I do think he's good enough for the Premier League. I think Fabri is as well, and Sergio Rico. They're all, I mean, you don't win the Europa League twice for no reason. Sure. So I'd put them all in the category that they're all good enough for the Premier League. Okay, very good. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about some defenders. Dennis Adoy, you give a seven. Callum Chambers, you give a four. And Tim Ream, you give a five. Ream just came back a few matches ago. So let's talk about these three defenders and your thoughts on the ratings and also which category would you put these players in? Yeah, so Ream, I gave an average score because he's only just come back from injury. He's looked decent in the games that he has played, but I think to give him anything above or below that would be a bit unfair on him seeing as he's only just come back in. So, you know, bog average for Ream. Callum Chambers, I've been really disappointed with so far. I thought coming coming in from Arsenal, Premier League experience. We know he's a good. We know he's a good defender, but he just hasn't adapted to life here so far. I don't know why that is. You know, Arsenal's in London, Fulham's in London. He hasn't had to move away. He hasn't had to do anything like that. Maybe it's just taken him a while to fit into how Slavica Chukanovic likes his teams to set up. So, like I said in the piece, it's strange to see him struggling so much at Fulham. I thought the game against Watford, it looked like he'd never kicked a football before, let alone played as a defender. So it's it's a real weird one with Chambers. I suppose the only thing with him is he can only get he can only improve. So right. I'll be looking to see that over the next month before the next international break. And Dennis Adoy, I've got to admit, playoff final. I thought when he was sent off, I thought that's probably if if they go up here, that's probably his last game for Fulham because I didn't think he was a Premier League defender. And I'm sure lots of people felt the same, but he's come back in after his suspension and has actually been the best defender for me. He's looked solid on the ball. He's looked comfortable. He's made some good tackles against some established Premier League players. So it's a funny one with Dennis Adoy, the player I thought would probably lose his spot altogether, has done really well. And a player like Callum Chambers has done absolutely terrible so far. So it's a weird one for me with Adoy, but I've been impressed with him and I hope he carries it on. In terms okay. of where I'd put him, yep. again, Adoy's a funny one because I, I don't know if he is Premier League standard, but his performances seem to suggest, uh, suggest he is. So... I, I, I don't know. I think he'd do well as a squad player for Fulham this season okay. going forward. I don't think Mawson and Chambers and Ream all start to play properly. I don't see him keeping that spot, but for the moment, he's he's proving handy. Callum Chambers, I, st- I still think he's Premier League quality and, and will probably be near or near enough in the first eleven. I just can't see someone with that, that 
quality not look not look good and not become good. And Tim Ream, I think he mentioned in the interview I did with him a few weeks ago that he was told by the coaching staff what his position was going to be and that he was going to be basically starting as Fulham okay. centre-back. And I'd agree, you know, he has that stability into that line. He, he's improved so much. So he'd be a starter for me once he fully recovers and, and Fulham get going again after this international break. Okay, well, let me ask you about Ream and very good comments about Odoi and Chambers. I agree with your ratings and, and also the categories that you put him in. But getting back to Ream, this has been a little bit of a talking point because, um, again, I've talked to a few fans that think that maybe he's too slow for the uh, Premier League. So I'm curious your thoughts. Do you think that what we've seen so far is him just not being back to fitness? And once he does get back to full fitness, we'll see the player that, we saw in the championship on a regular basis and that he can withstand being a starter in the Premier League. I'm curious your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think so. You know, you've got to remember that the back injury, it seemed from what he suggested that that could have been career-threatening. Wow. And he's still worried that there's going to be a relapse in that and that he's going to do something to aggravate it again. And, you know, that's a, that's a massive thing for any defender to have worries about your back. You're not going to win headers. You're not going to run because you're worried about that. So that for me is a big thing. He's got to Win, he's got to win the mental battle with that first before he can start winning a physical battle. So I think you've got to take that into account. You know, he was out seven weeks or whatever it was, and he's only played a couple of times since. So he's going to be off the ball a bit. You know, these players that he's coming up against, it's October, middle of October now. They'll have had pre-season and the last three months or whatever playing regularly. So they're going to be well up to speed. So Tim Rim's still catching up a bit. I do think he can play for Fulham in the Premier League. I don't have any doubts about it. The... The progression we've seen from him in the last few years has been staggering. And last season, we saw a Premier League defender in him. So if he can get back to that level, then I don't see why he shouldn't be starting in the Premier League. What's interesting about him, and then we'll move on, Ryan, is that I think one of his best qualities is his calmness. And we're talking about all the issues that they've had in the back four. And I think that is a a major quality that they've been missing until he's returned. But until he gets back to full fitness, I don't know if we'll see that complete calmness but that to me is one of his best qualities would you agree with that yeah I agree with that as well and it's the same said for Dennis Adoy you know when I saw them at Everton together there just seemed to be an air of calm about the team they didn't look like they were panicking when they were when those two had the ball at centre-back which you know in in recent weeks under Alfie Mawson Lamarchan to an extent definitely Chambers when they've had the ball there they haven't looked comfortable and there's been panic spread for the team but with those two back in there you know it, it looks a lot more solid, a lot more comfortable. And I think, you know, the experience, Reem, Reem, Reem McDonald, you know, they're, they're the real captains of the side, Bettinelli as well. They're, they're, they're the, the captains, they're the, right. the vocal ones. You know, Tom Kearney's the, the club captain. Everyone looks at him as, as a talisman. But in terms of being vocal on the pitch, those are the ones that I'd look to. So having him back in there in that heart of defence, you know, will add that sense of calm in there. And, you know, people will look to him and, and leave, take from his example, which we haven't quite got with Chambers and Mawson yet. Okay, very good there, my friend. All right, I've got three very interesting names for you next. Maxine Lamarchand, you give a six. Timothy Fosu-Mensa, you give a seven. Cyrus Christie, you give a four. Let's talk about these three. I'm curious your thoughts and definitely want your thoughts on uh, Cyrus Christie. Yeah, I'll start with Lamarchand then. I don't, I don't think he's done badly since coming in to, to England. You know, of course, it's going to be a, a massive, not massive, but a culture shock for him coming from France to England. He's never played in England before, so he's got all that. And then he was frustrated into a new look back for, uh, back five, the same as Fabry. There's times I thought he's looked very good. I thought he looked very good against Tottenham at centre-back. He dominated the air to a sense, but then 
against Brighton, you know, he gives away silly mistakes and I think there's them those two sides to Lamarsh and so I think all in all he's done decent. You know, there's been bits where I've been impressed with him and you know, I think he looks better at centre half than he does left back. So it'll be interesting to see how much more we see from Lamarsh. And again, I don't think he's gonna be testing those cent- uh, those starting spots once everyone's fit and ready, but it's a, he's, I think he's a good option to have. Yeah, uh, I've been really impressed with. Yep. Yeah, yeah, as a squad player. Yeah, I think he'll be the squad player. Um, Fossey Mensah, I've been really impressed with. You know, Fulham, they lost Ryan Fredericks in the summer to put that outlet out there. Um, Moron Fossey looked very good in pre season, but at his age and then the injury he got, I don't think he was quite ready to start in the Premier League. So Fossey Mensah has been there. He had the experience last year. And I think there's been times when we've seen him play like getting balls into the box. And I've been impressed there. And I think he's just starting to come into his own before he got that dislocated shoulder at, yeah. at Everton, which is gonna which is gonna put him back a little bit. But all in all, yeah, I thought he's I thought out of the newcomers, he's probably been one of the better ones. Totally agree. Again, again, he's he's used to life in England. It's it's not that much of a culture shock. He's playing right back, kind of the same that he's always played. And it seems that right wing back spot is, is quite is quite good for him. You know, he seems to like being able to bomb forward and get balls into the box. It's just a shame he got that injury. That's gonna stagnate him a bit. And then Cyrus Christie. Cyrus Christie is a funny one. You know, he, he seems to... It, I don't know whether it's because of his laid-back nature that he has, that he seems to to not move about the pitch as much as some of the other players, perhaps. So, it, it's a funny one. He's Against Arsenal, he was shocking. I know Alan Shearer went for him and he's, got, he's come out and defended himself, but he was really, really poor. That left that right hand side was exploited over and over again. Totally agree. But I do know do know Cyrus Christie can be a good player. We saw it last season that he was a good player. And watching him for Ireland on Saturday night, he played cent- central midfield, which I thought was a weird one. But he played really well and he got balls into the box, which is something we don't see at Fulham. It it seems at Fulham he seems scared to take his man on and put balls into the box and he likes to cut back a lot. But the ball he delivered in the last minute for Ireland was inch perfect and we nearly scored from it. So I want to see a bit. I want to see that more from Christie. I still think he can be a Premier League player. Okay, but I just we just need to see more consistency from him. Okay, going back to something that you said that was very interesting because watching back the match when we talk about Cyrus Christie, you used the word. You know, you're talking about his uh, attitude on the pitch, just his demeanor. And what I just saw is a player that didn't show enough urgency. Is that a good word to use when it comes to him to be just a little bit more? direct, not the way that he's playing, just, just to be more, you know, when he's going to be offensive, be be offensive. When he's going to be defensive, be more defensive and follow that through. On that first goal, I, I watched this back several times, and uh, he was marking his man, Monreal, very well. And then he basically let him go. He jogged back into the box. Is that what we're talking about? Does that give you an example of what you're talking about, Ryan? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's one of those he needs urgency he needs he need, he needs to show a bit of character to get back and 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 track back you know playing that role is really difficult but it's it's one of those it's his demeanor he likes to plod around the pitch a bit it's just i think it's just the way he is yeah okay very good there it's very interesting because obviously i want to see all these players succeed but cyrus christie is just one that we're going to have to watch because I'm not sure if he is Premier League quality. I know you think that he could be. We're going to have to just uh, follow that. But you do see Mensa as someone that can be a starter, though, on a regular basis. Yeah, definitely. I think he's going to be the right back for Fulham going forward. 
Okay. All right, I have three names very interesting for you right now. Let's talk about Joe Bryan, Alfie Mawson, and Ryan Sessegnon. Bryan and Mawson, you give a five, and Sessegnon, you give a six. Now, I know Mawson came in injured. I'm going to just get your thoughts on this. But uh, he's been a disappointment for me because I had high hopes for him. Maybe it's just all of the uh, that I've heard about him. I just expected him to just come right in and, and be a starting center back, you know, to lead by example. And it just hasn't worked out that way. Maybe the injury is a factor coming into this new team. Maybe that's a factor. But he's been a disappointment for me. So I want your thoughts on these three players and what category you put them in. Yeah, I think I agree with Mawson. You know, he, he came in. And people expected him to be this really, really good player. You know, fifteen million pounds. You expect him to be a decent player. So, but that injury, I don't think he was ever fully recovered when they threw him into the starting lineup. And then he got that back injury as well. So, I think we've seen a not fully fit Alfie Mawson, and and that's had a massive impact on him. There's there's loads to come from him. I think you know he's too good not to not to be that starting centre back for me. But you know that first half against Watford, he looked like he'd never kicked a football before. And it's, it's that that worries me. So I still think he's going to be the starting, the starting player going forward. It's just okay. when he starts to adapt to how Fulham play and he gets over those injuries. Uh, Joe Bryan, I think he's had a very average start to life. You know, he's been in and out of the sides. He came very late on and was thrust into it. And then he got injured. So I, I don't think he's as good as Matt Target. And I think Fulham are feeling that a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if Fulham went back for Target in January myself but yeah it's just an average life for me for 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 brian it's not been anything great but it hasn't been poor either okay and sessignon i think sessignon's done well you know you know he scored 16 goals last season in the championship and then it's making it it's adapting to life in the premier league it's 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 hard especially for an 18 year old and then playing at left back as well he's not going to have that same impact but i think he's done really well at, at left back and you know, he's adapted well. I think he did really well against Raheem Sterling a couple of weeks ago up at City. And against Hector Bellerin as well, he did really well. And they're both two established Premier League players. So I don't think it's been a poor start for him. I think there's more to come from him as he gets used to it. But I I, I think he'll probably play more at left-back than anywhere else this season. Jokanovic seems to like him there. So starting left-back, probably. Okay. Let me ask you this, because uh, you and I messaged back and forth, and you pointed this out to me. Do, do you think that potentially, say if Fulham play three at the back, that his best position might be left wing back? Yeah, I was really impressed with how he did at left wing back. You know, he got forward well, and he and he tracked back well. He seemed to to like having the, the extra man in behind him, but he's still a very good defender. So doubling up on, on players coming down that wing, he did really well. So, yeah, I think I think that probably is going to be his best position going forward. I think Jukanovic agrees with it. Okay. Going back to Brian, do you think he can be the starting left back or, or do you think that, like you mentioned, you could see that the team going in for Matt Target again? So so do you think that they're just going to wait this thing out until they get to January? Do you think that they're, do you think the club is disappointed in him? I don't know about disappointed. I, I you know, He's always going to be the backup choice because they, they always wanted Matt Target and Joe okay. Brian was the backup. So they got the backup. I don't... For six million quid, he's not a bad backup. I right. think. I just, you know, he doesn't. I don't think he offers what Matt Target offered last season in terms of going forward. Yeah. And coming back, I, I, I think he's a good. I think he can be a good Premier League player. I just don't think 
He's at, at that the level. I think the jury's still out on Yeah, I think the jury's still out with, on him at the moment. Okay. And it's early, you know, again, that's why we're looking at this eight matches in, which is interesting. All right, my friend, I got three very interesting names for you. All players that Fulham had in the championship. So here's going to be a huge question, which category to put these guys in. Kevin McDonald, you give a five. Eastkins Cabano, you also give a five. And Stefan Johansson, you give a four. I have to agree on all these ratings. So let's talk about these three players and what category do you put them in? Yeah, so McDonald's found his time hard to come by, you know, since Anguisa came in. But he has played in and out and he's, he's looked decent. But, you know, it's tougher opposition than it is last season. He's been caught out a few times in defensive midfield, like against City. You know, he, that space in behind him in the anchor role in defence was too too big at times and Bernardo Silva exploited that. So he's, he's had a decent start. I think he's a squad player really going forward. I haven't really got much to say about Cabano. You know, he played, what, 60-odd yeah. minutes in, in the cup? And he looked okay, but that was against League 2 Exeter. So I can't, you can't really comment on it. But I don't see him getting much game time this season, if I'm honest. So I, I, would, I wouldn't put him in the, in, in the squad bit. And Johansson, I think he struggled to make that step up from the Premier League, uh, from the Championship to the Premier League. Yeah. He's always going to lose his, his place to, to Seri. Seri's brilliant, Luke. So, uh, yeah, it's it's not. I didn't put, give a great rating to Stephanie Hansen. I don't think. I don't. I don't think he's got. He, he's got the ability to play at such a high level. Yeah, let's go back to me. And I agree with you on that. I, I just quickly on McDonald because McDonald is, is a player that I love, and uh, I think that you can use him in certain situations, Ryan, in the Premier League. But I, unfortunately, see him as a squad player. Do you see it that way with him? Yeah, I agree with that. You know, there's times when you want Kevin McDonald to come on and, and plug the hole and, you know, he's, right. his ability to, to shield that back four and, and make a pass, good passes as well, is important. So I do think he's going to be a squad player. Okay, I do sure. think there's going to be, I do think there's going to be times where Djokovic will call on him and his experience, especially as his leadership on the pitch over the coming season. But I, I don't think he's going to be a starter. Okay, I tend to agree with you on that. All right, I got three great names for you to talk about. Tom Kearney, you give a six. Jean-Michael Serra, you give a seven. Andre Franck, Zembo, and Gisa, you give a six. And the last one I really want your thoughts on because here's a player that uh, I had high hopes for, everything that I read and, and watched coming from France, uh, very high hopes. And uh, it's a little mixed right now on him. I understand why you give him a six. But your thoughts on all three of these players? I thought Kearney started life really quickly and I was really impressed with how he did. You know, there was question marks before over whether he was good enough for the Premier League. You know, when Tottenham came in the FA Cup a few years ago, he, he kind of glided through the game and didn't really have an impact. But I thought he started really well. He looked very good. But then that injury, you know, has put the brakes on it a little bit and it came at the wrong time, really, just as Kearney was starting to to really get to grips with the Premier League. So I gave him a six. You know, he probably would have been higher had he carried on and not got that injury. I was impressed with how he started. And it's the same with Seri, you know, he started the season brilliantly and he really he really looks such a good player. In those first few games he did everything he had. he he intercepted the ball, he won the ball in, in tackles, he his passing range was and vision was was on another planet. He's kind of died down a little bit, I think, in recent weeks and maybe that's because Tom Kearney's not there next to him to to help guide him along. You know, he's got to do a bit more of the the link in the play rather than getting on the ball and right and making things happen further on. So, you know, maybe that's why his performances have dropped off. I do think Kenny makes him a better player. 
and vice versa. So it'll be interesting to see those two together when they come back. Um, and Guisa, yeah, he was a he was a big signing, and we've seen times with him where he's looked an absolute monster in that midfield where he's broken up anything that's come near him and won the ball for everything. But then there's other times when he's when he's not, and he's just he's been bullied. He's been on his backside a few, a few times. Again, he's coming from France. It's, it's a massive culture change from the yeah. French league to the Premier League. So it, it's going to take him time, and there's definitely more to more to come from him. No, I, totally I do agree. think he, he's too good. Yeah, I do think he's too good not to not to start performing like we know he can. Okay, and uh, do you see all three of these players as starters? Um, yeah, I think all three of them are. All three okay. of them would be good enough to start in the Premier League. Okay. I just want to mention this quickly. You do mention Ibrahim Assisi, which you gave a three, but he hasn't played that much, so let's just move on from that. I wish him the best with Fulham. But, you know, again, just for time's sake, we're just going to move on from that. Let's now talk about these three names. Alexander Mitrovic, you give an eight. Poirite, you give a five. Andre Shirley, you give a seven. Thoughts on all three? Uh, there's not much to say about Mitrovic. You know, five goals, scoring goals, getting shots away, build-up plays brilliant. He's everything you want from a striker and everything you want when you pay £20 million plus for one. So he's carried on his form and I've been really impressed with how Mitrovic has started. And you say we haven't seen much of him, you know. He missed the start of the season with, with injury and he's played bits parts for, for Fulham. So I do think we'll see him more as a squad player, someone that can come in and and, and add something different out wide. <coughs> and Schurler, you know, I think he started off dodgy against Crystal Palace. I, I I remember looking at some of the other lads in the press box and being like, really, is this the guy that won the World Cup? But since then, he's, he's developed a good relationship with Vieto and he's gotten the ball and he scored goals and that's what you want. And I think he has looked very good. He's starting to get his mojo back, if you want. You know, he had a poor couple of seasons at Dortmund. And going forward, I think he, I think he's going to be a good signing for them. Okay, very good there, my friend. All right, let's move on. I'm going to give you two names here. Luciano Vieto, you give a seven. And Abubakar Kamara, you give a four. Curious your thoughts on both of these players. I really like the look of Vieto. You know, he's, so do I. He looks good on the ball. He's technically very good. He's acceleration something else. I, I want to see a bit more in terms of decision-making from him. I know he's got four assists and he's done really well with it. But there are times when you know he could look up a bit quicker and see that pass. Uh, Everton seeks out to me where he's got he, he gets the ball down brilliantly. Fulham on the break and... Schurler's bombing down the right, but Vieto doesn't get his head up to look at him and, and play that ball. And if he does, Schurler's in there. It's just those things for me that he, you know, he needs to improve on. But other than that, I think he's, I think he looks a really, really good loan signing, and he looks exciting on the ball. Kamara's seen, you know, he's seen limited game time. And I, last season, he started to get the grips of the championship. I don't think he's Premier League quality, and I don't think he's good enough okay. for Premier League just yet. He, he's, he, he's young, and we've seen that, but. Against Arsenal, he was really poor and looked a bit out of his depth against Spurs as well. And he just doesn't have the defensive side to his game that you need in the Premier League. So I think we're going to, he's going to see his game time really limited this season. Okay, very good. I want to quickly go back to Vieto because one of the criticisms that I keep getting from a friend of mine in Spain is that uh, he looks good, he offers a lot to the team, but he's concerned about his lack of goal-scoring ability. I think you mentioned that as well. Your thoughts on that? I wouldn't be too worried about his goal-scoring ability when Schürrle and Mitrovic are providing the goals and he's providing the assists, you know. I totally agree with that. So I wouldn't worry too much about his goal-scoring stuff. So long as he's contributing to that flourishing attack, you know, four assists, 
assists are worth as much as goals for me. So if he wasn't producing them, then I'd be a bit worried. But I wouldn't worry about not scoring at all because he's got Schürrle, he's got Seri, he's got Kelly even, he's got Mitrovic to, yep. to score the goals. So he can concentrate on making things happen for Fulham. In my opinion, I agree with everything that you said. And that's why whenever I've uh, talked to my friend, I I have this thought in my head that uh, I understand the his thoughts on the lack of goal-scoring ability, but I just see the other parts of his game as being very valuable. So that's why I understand why Jokanovic keeps playing him because I could see it just getting better and better, that chemistry between those three players that you mentioned together. Sherla, Mitrovic, and Vieto, I think he is uh, a big part of that. So uh, I'm, I'm glad that you uh, went there on that. Two final players, then we'll talk about Slavisa. Steven Sessegnon, you give a six. And Luca Della Torre, you also give a six. And uh, both of these players have played in the Carabao Cup. Quickly, your thoughts on them? Yeah, I thought it was only fair to include them, seeing as they played Carabao Cup. Steven Sessegnon at centre-back, I thought he looked really, really well, uh, really good. Again, because they're only Carabao Cup games, you can't give a too high a rating. Yep. But um, I think it was, if it was the championship, he'd probably be starting there. I thought he was that good. And the same with Della Torre, I thought... His runs in between the line against Millwall, his vision, all of that. It was it was a really, really good game from him. And, you know, I think he can consider himself really unlucky that he's not closer to the first team this season because he was he did play that well. That game with a pair of them, they're young, the development's coming along nicely. So it's ticking along nicely for him. Do you see either or both of them playing any type of role off the bench with the first team this year? And... Uh... I'm curious your thoughts on because I think Sessegnon has a, a future with Fulham. Maybe it's not this year. Obviously, Ryan's brother, I, th- I think he does. Delatore is an interesting case because I see him as a player that maybe it just won't be the right fit for him at Fulham just because there's a log jam there. But I think he has Premier League quality. I'm curious your thoughts on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how much we'll see of him this year, you know. The Premier League is really competitive. They're both so young. And like you said, there's a lot of good quality players in those positions. So I don't know if this year is too soon for him, but I definitely think Steven Sessegnon will probably see next season, whatever happens this year. And Luca Del Toro, yeah, I can see why you'd say he probably he might not fit into how Fulham play in the black log there. But I do think he's someone that's got Premier League quality. And, you know, I'd be shocked if he doesn't play Premier League for someone at some stage. Totally agree. I hope it's with Fulham, but we're going to have to see how that turns out with Della Torre because there are just a lot of good players in front of him. It's just uh, one of those situations where uh, it's a numbers game. But I think he does have Premier League quality. I'm glad that you uh, backed me up on that. All right, let's end with talking about Savisa. You give him a six, and I'm curious your thoughts on the uh, Fulham head coach. want to mention, because I want your thoughts on this as well, Darren Lewis in Daily Mirror last week had an article that said Savisa's under pressure. And I'm um, curious your thoughts on that because I don't think he is. You know, again, he was talking about, paraphrasing, I don't have the article in front of me, Ryan. I'm, I don't know if you read it. Talk about that there are people that want him to go back to basics to, you know, put that in the way that Fulham play based on what has been going on with Fulham so far this season. So give me your thoughts on Savita, you know, and then also your thoughts about the fact that someone wrote that he's under pressure. Yeah, I don't think he's been helped this season by injuries and late arrivals over the summer. You know, he needed a settled side to start the season. He didn't have that, so that's they're always going to struggle swapping and changing. You know, injuries, trying to find the winning formula. So that's always going to hurt how Fulham have started. You know, he's made a few questionable decisions, 
I've got to admit, like bringing on Kamara for Ream against Arsenal. There's a few things where you've looked yeah. at and think, really, but you know, it's, he's got to have time to install these tactics. The way Fulham play, it's always going to leave themselves a bit open at the back, but even more so when it's a completely new new look side. So it's time. We know how good a manager he is. You know, we saw that over the last couple of seasons with Fulham. So I gave him a six. I think he'll be just fine, to be honest. Once he gets a team together, has them playing his tactics and and starts to get a bit of momentum going. I did see the reports about being under pressure. Yep. But I, I think he's, you know, he's under pressure to get results and, and to solve defensive crisis, the same as every other manager is, you know. When a team's conceding goals, he's going to be under pressure to to make sure the team stops conceding goals. I don't think he's under pressure to lose his job at all. I think it'd be I, crazy to sack him now. Oh, I, I totally agree with you. And that's part of the reason why I want to bring this up because there's a way to look at pressure. And you just nailed what I think the pressure is about. It's just to get it fixed. And uh, I think he's working at the process. And there are a lot of variables in there. But I, I find it interesting what Darren Lewis wrote there. I, I, I think, you know, again, I think it's fair. But if you put it into context, what it is, I don't think he is under pressure to potentially lose his job. I don't think that's what's going on. I just think it's the pressure to um, get the results and, and fix the issues that they're having. And quickly, I want to go back to you because you're talking about what has been going on with Savisa so far with the injuries, all the new players. And I'm encouraged by what's going on, Ryan, with Savisa because he has been willing to change the formation to try to find his team. I go back to last season and the experiment of Savisa even trying – Stefan Johansson in a very different role. He was looking for a solution. And at the time, and I'll be the first to say I didn't get it, but looking back at it now, it was him just trying to find a solution. So that's what I see going on here. I'm curious your thoughts on that, and we'll wrap it up. Yeah, I agree. People say Slavica is stubborn, but he really isn't. He's shown a willingness to adapt. Last season, we saw it with with Stefan Johansson playing that false nine role, which, which was a bit... I don't know if that was ever going to be the right move, but it showed a willingness that he's looking to sort things out. He's trying. And it's the same with, yeah, he's trying. It's the same with this. You know, he's tried the three at the back. He's tried putting two holding midfielders in front of a back four, and he's tried playing his usual way. So, you know, I do think he's, he, he's, he's experimenting on the training pitch in games to see how he can solve this defensive issue that Fulham do have. And I think, I think he will, I say, solve it. Fulham is still always going to ship goals at an alarming rate just because of the way they play football. Right. But I think the amount of goals they're going to concede is, is going to be less than they have done. I, the, the example I want to use is like Real Vallecano in La Liga a few years ago. They conceded, I think it was 80-odd goals in the season, but finished mid-table because they scored so many goals. And I think that'll probably be the same as Fulham this season. You know, I don't think they're going to be in any trouble with relegation, but they are always going to concede goals just because the way they play football attacks their first form of defence. So if they go out and win again 4-2, like they did against Burnley, those two goals become a bit of a a bit of a nothingness really because right. they've scored four goals and, and that's the important thing. If they keep if they win games scoring goals and conceding, it, it doesn't matter too much. Right. And I actually mentioned this on a prior show, Ryan. If you look at the goals Fulham have given up, three were to Everton, five were to Arsenal, three were to Manchester City, and three were to Spurs. On the flip side, two to Crystal Palace, two to Burnley, two to Brighton and one to Watford. The last four are the ones that I think are more important because those are the teams that are going to be around you, I feel. And if, say, right now, they against those teams are about two goals, they need to drop that down at least a goal 
to get that number down because they are going to score goals. But to me, they're going to be judged by the last four teams I mentioned to you, the goals against those teams more than against the teams that are going to be at the top of the table or in the top half of the league. Yeah, I agree. You know, you look at the games coming up, Cardiff, Bournemouth, Huddersfield, those are the games where they're going to be judged by exactly. not Liverpool away, not City away. So, nope. yeah, they need to start getting results from them. I think the Brighton result was probably the most disappointing one of the yep. season for me so far. The fact they were two up and they gave away the two goals. That's where it's got to stop. If they conceded two goals against City, if they were tuned up against City and conceded two goals, you'd be disappointed, but you're not going to say, like, it's City. You always expect them to score goals. But, but with Brighton, you know, it is a bit of a disappointment. Fulham should have been able to see that game out, but I personally think so. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's those kind of teams that are going to be in and around Fulham this season. That's going to be the important bit. Absolutely. That's the way that I'm looking at it. All right, my friend, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. And uh, please do check out Ryan on London. He's got some great stuff, and I'll be uh, on the post to this uh, podcast. I will be putting up his uh, article with all these ratings so you can actually read what he had to say. Uh, Ryan, any final thoughts before we go? Uh, no, just thanks for having me again. I enjoy doing this. I try and get on more often, but it's so busy at the moment with him being in the Premier League. I appreciate any time that you can do it, my friend. Just thank you, thank you, thank you. But let's wrap this up. For my guest, Ryan O'Donovan from Football One, and I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.